Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious ever so luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. We ha- we love Naugahyde around here. It's a luxury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's an awesome, awesome pleasure. Uh, you know, uh, happy New Year's to everybody. Happy uh, Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. And if you got those three kings, they should be there already That's celebrating. It. All kinds of stuff going on in the church right now. And it's a, it's a great and beautiful and blessed uh, time in the church. And I hope it is in your life as well. And I just want to start this show by thanking my good friend, John Edwards, Johnny Awesome, who's sitting over there, who doesn't want to be on the show. Uh, he's got so much fame and everything. He All the fan yeah, mail yeah. and stuff. He's, <laughs> he is just trying to like stay low-key, so I won't let him do that. But he brought a friend in town for uh, a mission, and that friend is uh, now a new friend of mine. And I'm so excited to introduce Father Malachi, uh, who is a Franciscan friar of the Renewal. That's right. So that is, Man, that is, it's so awesome that you're here and that you would agree to, uh, to hang with us just a little bit. And, and uh, we're going to talk Eucharist. Let's do it. Yeah, and I think the reason we're going to talk Eucharist is because you're you're one of the uh, selected speakers, I guess, or uh, you you yeah. you agreed to you I know agreed. you know <laughs> I did be, sign on some dotted line <laughs> somewhere you you, With the you yes you sold your soul to the Lord, which That's is it. a beautiful come <laughs> on. And uh, so plan. you're you're uh, part of the National Eucharistic Revival. That's right. That many of our listeners um, know uh, is going on uh, right now in the United States, and it's a, mm-hmm. a kind of a beautiful movement. Maybe a little misunderstood, but I think we, we'll talk a little bit about that. But I really, yeah. you know, Father Maliki, welcome by the way. Thank you. Yeah, great I, to be here with you. This is so, so awesome. <laughs> Uh, and I, I just wonder if we want to just talk about Eucharist, yeah. right? I mean, it, it's not like in a vacuum that the bishops mm-hmm. suddenly decided, you know what yeah. we ought to do? Let's have a let's have a national. No, let's do a confession revival. No, uh-huh. what, what, let's do a. You know, something they finally settled on. We yep. haven't done Eucharist in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it didn't happen that way. I think there was some recognition on the part of the bishops that Absolutely. that we're in a state right now, maybe in our world certainly, but but definitely yeah. in the United States, where yeah. we might be struggling a little bit in terms of like what we know and understand, appreciate Absolutely. about Eucharist. Yeah. yeah, there's a poverty, right? I mean, yeah. And first off, again, it's great to be here with you. Um, great to be in the cafe. Love the decor around here. Yeah, and, uh, it's really cool. It's really cool. And there's, yeah. we have some great wait staff. They'll be over in a minute to bring All you right. some, some of that virtual coffee. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> they got any fries to go along with it? Oh, yeah. We, anything you want. It's, it's a virtual. It's, it's, it's virtual. a virtual. The, the virtual. menu is every, You Excellent. ask for anything, and it, it's like heaven, to be honest with Come you. Come on. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, what we're all trying to get to. A foretaste of heaven. That's right. Well, you know, because, speaking of heaven, um, you know, there's a great uh, blessed who who had this nice saying, which is uh, Blessed Carlo Acutis. Oh, yes. What did he say? He said, the Eucharist is my highway to heaven. Amen. It's beautiful. I love that. And, and we're talking about the Eucharist today. And, um, yeah, the bishops recognized that there was a problem. I think there was already an understanding that there was an issue. But, you know, sometimes when you've got a lot of things, like on the ship's sinking and there's holes in different directions. Right. And, and a lot of people have felt like that's the state of the world or the state of the church and, and just the time that we're living in now and the world's history. Um, but they were able to pinpoint through this research that was done by the Pew Research Institute. We've all heard about the, the Pew study. The Pew study, right? Yeah. Well, it, at its heart, what does it tell us? It tells us that Catholics, by and large... 
are unaware of the tremendous gift and the mystery and the reality of what is present in the Eucharist. And they have come to see it more as a symbol, more as a, a sort of maybe a ritualistic part of what mass is for them when they do go to the church. Right. Um, but they don't understand it as the true presence, what the church teaches, right? The body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ given to us. And, and, and that's a problem because the Eucharist is the central mystery of the Catholic faith. Yeah, amen. If and, you get the first thing wrong, then you're, you're going to be off course with everything kind of with else. Everything else is not going to be something yeah. that's, that's working for you. You know, and, and I love the way you say uh, that they're unaware because mm-hmm. we don't, we don't want to say necessarily that they don't believe. Yeah. But they're just basically just kind of walking down the street. Oh, yeah. You know, one of the things I love about my wife is that every time we drive past the church, she does sign a cross. Mm. Because she's aware. Yeah. And she's a she's a testimony and a, a witness to me. You know, yeah. I don't do it because I'm like some guy just driving around like, like I'm going to turn left up here. It's first yeah. street and I'm going to make sure. And then we go by the donut store. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's like. Is I'm that where you make your sign of the cross? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's another show. <laughs> So so she does that, and she grounds me in that way, and I think that's yeah. beautiful. Uh, but I think that to some degree, there are a lot of people that that keep that just drive by. Mm-hmm. A lot of drive bys going on in yeah. the world, and I'm not talking about the violent ones. No. I'm talking about the ones that maybe are more detrimental to us because yeah. we're not recognizing yeah. the creator of the universe. Absolutely, and and the fact that he continues to come to us in such a profound way, like. I can't imagine, you know, like somebody, you know, when they, they're they walking around with like the, the wedding ring jewel, they're like showing it to everybody yeah. and it's like, look at this, look at this. And everybody's admiring it and looking at this beauty and this thing that has value to the world. And, and for us, a lot of times, right, I think people have experience, unfortunately, is that they've gone to church and the way that they've experienced mass or the way that they've experienced um, people acting in, in the context of the celebration right is it it hasn't revealed to them or spoken to them about the faith of of what we believe is truly present like one of the things right you know like reverence and devotion are things that are desperately needed and they're needed all across the spectrum of life in the world but they're definitely needed with regard to the eucharist and and that's one of the things i'm i'm really excited about with the revival is is that we put jesus at the center and we invite people to come before him in the context of adoration, Eucharistic adoration, in the context of reverent celebration of yeah. the liturgy of the Mass. And that in itself educates you, right? Like as kids, like how do you, you know, how do you figure out, you know, that you're supposed to act a different way when you're in church? Well, it's because the people around you are acting in a different way. But what if the what I see when I've grown up is people go up to receive communion and you know they're staring up at the rafters you know right. and 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 it'll be to like focus on the negative here but the the reality is as i've seen as a priest like so many times people coming up and my heart's breaking because by their demeanor and the way that they're approaching it's painfully obvious that they just don't know they don't know they don't know and there's an absence there and you you want to it's like hey can i just stop everything and just point to something here and just yeah. let you know this is like the coolest thing in the world. Oh yeah, right. This is this is the world. Amen. And people don't realize that, and no. so your heart just you know pours out for yeah. them. Yeah. Well, and that's where I'm so grateful that like okay, you talked about kind of hitting the pause button and stopping. It's in in some sense the revival is that. Yeah. It's the bishop saying like, all right, there are a lot of things going on in the world. There's a lot of things going on in the church, but let's stop for a minute. And let's go back to what is the beginning, what is the source and the summit, and let's make sure this is right. Because we could sit here and have all kinds of different 
issues that we're trying to address. But if that is wrong, then everything else is going to be off in one no one way or another. Hundred percent agree. And you know, I know that you 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 probably recognize sort of doing being on this sort of speaking circuit that you yeah. kind of. Pull, pulled into, I wouldn't say lured into, yeah. but you, 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 you agreed to do I volunteered this. I volunteered freely. <laughs> but, I didn't uh, know what I was signed up for, but I did sign but up. That's okay. You signed up. <laughs> Everyone else took a step back. Yeah. You were the guy up in the front. Um, well, yeah, yeah, I'm the leader. Uh, and I, I know being out there, you have all these experiences. You meet mm-hmm. people along the way. And you, and you probably also hear maybe just a little pushback from people thinking, you know, we have so many problems in the church right now. Yeah. You know, should our should our unfaithful Catholic politicians be receiving Holy Communion? Mm-hmm. And should we be holding hands during the Our Father? And mm-hmm. you know, and, and is this the right kind of worship, or is that the right kind of worship? Yeah. Are we left or are we right? And yeah. what about all the politics and what's yeah. going on, the scandals? Yeah. We need to address all these things. You know, before we go back to that other stuff, hmm. right? I mean, I know you you hear some of those things. I do, yeah. And and what I say to people again and again is. I don't care what the issue is. I don't care what the debate is. I don't care what the problem is. I know what the answer is, and it's Jesus Christ. And if we put Jesus Christ back at the center, then we're going to see the church changed and renewed. And that's what this revival is about. And if somebody is not on board with that, then we don't have anything to offer them as the Catholic Church. Man, that's power. It's powerful. It's a, it's it's a, an utter reality. Yeah, that's uh, what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about the God of the universe becoming what would appear to be bread and wine. Like you're talking about the yeah. supreme creator of everything that exists becoming so small so that we could come close to him and have an experience of his love and be in communion with him and also with one another, which is another aspect of this revival that I'm excited about is it's, it's pointing us back to Jesus because he's the source of the unity. But when I'm in union with him, when I truly am looking to Christ then and only then am I able to look at the brother and the sister that are on my right and on my left and recognize that, that they also are in communion with me. This is not just a me and Jesus thing. Mm, yeah. And, and the belonging to the church and belonging to the body of Christ is something that is, it's not only sort of um, symbolized, right. but it's actually realized, meaning it becomes real at every Mass. We all receive the same body and blood of Jesus Christ. And in that moment and in that reality, there's only one Christ as there's always one Christ. And everyone who has Christ in them is then made one. That's why we say that the Eucharist makes the church. Amen. You can't be the body of Christ. If you don't have the body of Christ dwelling they, within you, they should you. start calling it communion or something. You know, <laughs> they, they really that's a wild <laughs> idea, now, Deacon. Don't I'll, you go? Right I'll bet you it, it catches on. <laughs> you right. all know where you got it from Come the Catholic on, right Cafe. Here. You know, we're coining phrases. Yeah. No, you know, you you mentioned that. You know, because how can you go wrong if you if you put Jesus first? Literally, uh, his true presence here, yeah. right? He he wanted to do that, by the way. Amen. I mean, this was like he willingly yep. came to do that specifically, and and he continues to come every single day. And every time yeah. the priest's hands are right over that, that oh, yeah. bread and that wine, oh, yeah. you know, he, he it's like he shows up again. He's here, amen. And he's made uh, uh, true to us. And if, if you if if that's first, then everything else like falls into place. I mean, yeah. I, Bishop Barron talks about right worship and 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 mm-hmm. that way of like thinking in terms of like what what uh, orthodoxy means yeah like to be in right relationship correct and when you start to prioritize and you do that then all the other stuff just kind of 
it just falls away or yeah. falls into place. Yeah. I, re- I remember one time I did a, a talk for the Sarah Club. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yep. And most dioceses will have a Sarah Club that's active. Mm-hmm. And they're basically, their focus is on vocations. They're praying mm-hmm. for vocations. And they're talking about it all the time. It's a beautiful thing. Amen. And it's a wonderful gift to have these folks. And sometimes they tend to be a little on the senior seasoned side. right? Yep. They're, but they're, they're, this is what they're doing. This is what yeah. they've given their life to do. And I remember they said, like, you didn't talk about anything. And I said, okay, vocation? Yeah, I can talk about vocations. So I started my talk by saying, y'all need to stop praying for vocations. Hmm. You need to stop praying for vocations. What you need to pray for is an increase in faith, not an increase in vocations. Mm. You pray for an increase in faith, yeah. and essentially a, a knowledge, like Amen. a real communion uh, and friendship with Jesus. Yeah, and then like the priest will show up. Amen. Right, because then you realize the treasure which you're giving your life to. It's like I don't want to be. If this is just a nice symbol, if this is just a like a, another religious practice or experience, if mass is only that. And even if it's the most beautiful high mass you could think of with every aspect of ascetical beauty. Right. If it's not truly Jesus Christ there, well, then I don't want to give my life to that. Guess what? The Super Bowl halftime show is more entertaining. Yeah. You, can, you know, it's like if it's just if it's just about like the show and the pageantry, then it's not worth giving my life to. And a young man knows that when a young man sees that pearl of great price which only can be known through faith, which you're right on praying for more faith. Mm. When he encounters the living God, Jesus, not of like just the what happened 2000 years ago and not buddy Jesus and not Jesus. That's, you know, comes out at Christmas in a nice, you know, story at a crash at a store. So you can buy something more, right? No, but like the living God, Jesus who suffered, died and rose and Jesus who continues to come into this world resurrected to us in the Eucharist, like that's someone that I would be willing to give everything for. Amen. And, and yeah. to be able to reveal that to people by the way that we, we act and respond in regard to the Eucharist. But for me, that, that comes from people having had the opportunity to encounter him. And that's one of the center points of this revival is, is, Providing the opportunity and context for Catholics to either encounter for the first time or to have a renewed encounter, and that's where revival, reviving. Yes, you know, it's not. It's not that it, there was never life. You're not sort of giving something that wasn't right. ever there. You're reviving. You're you're breathing life back into what is meant to be alive. The church is meant to be alive, and there's parts of her who are dead right now. And the only thing that could possibly give life back to that dead part of the body of Christ is that which Christ said, you eat and you drink and you have eternal what? Life in yeah. you. So it's the Eucharist that's going to bring about the grace of reviving the body of Christ in our time. And then when that happens, it just overflows. It's amazing. I mean, there's just so many, so many beautiful moments that I've already seen of people's lives being transformed by this. And, and I don't say being transformed by the revival in the sense of some program that the U.S. bishops are, are initiating. Right. I'm talking about transformation by meeting Jesus Christ, who is truly present in the Eucharist. And their lives are changed and renewed. I, I mean, i just share one brief one. Sure. I'm in um, Miami, Florida, and doing a Eucharistic mission. And there's a friend of somebody who's there that I know, and you know they're talking to me like I want somebody to come. You know, I was like, well, invite them to come out tomorrow night. 
and we're going to have an opportunity to speak about healing with the Eucharist, and then we're going to be speak. And then we're going to have an opportunity to go in procession with the Blessed Sacrament throughout the the sanctuary, and and have an opportunity for people to encounter Him there, truly present in the Eucharist, and to have an intimate encounter with the Lord who loves them and hungers for them. And so she went and invited her friend, and he comes. And the guy hadn't been to church in ages, and he'd been living for 20 years as an atheist. Mm. And he came in, and he witnessed, you know, preaching with faith, and then people adoring, loving, singing, praising God, truly present in the Eucharist, and just looking around at the witness of how everyone else was responding to and looking about at Jesus here in the Eucharist, something inside of him just like cracked. In 20 years an atheist, this man came home because the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist is real and Jesus is alive. And in that opportunity and context was what he needed to be able to come into contact with love made flesh, which is exactly what we encounter in the Eucharist. And he walked out, he you know, told me, I only found this out later. I only found about this story half a year after it happened. Cause I went traveling somewhere else. Right. But he, um, he walked out of the church and it was pouring raining and the rain's falling on him. And he just walked right past his car and he said, he just kept walking and he just got drenched and he just felt like the Lord just gave him a, a, a second baptism. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And it's then, so beautiful. Yeah. And six months later, he received the sacraments that he wasn't able to receive when he was younger because he had left and was living that atheistic life and came into the church. Praise be Jesus Christ this last Easter. I mean... This is happening. You know, you hear the scripture with God, all things are possible. Amen. And, and he's like, you wonder, like, what does that mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then you see things like that. Yeah. So, uh, so I imagine there were lots of experiences where either someone who had never had any faith, someone who mm-hmm. was totally divorced. Uh, you'd told a story about a like a Hindu guy that was yeah. like moved by all this. And you tell this story about someone who... Um, had some kind of faith or something early on, but really 20 years of atheism and living yeah. in the world. Um, you know, we should also, like, when we talk about revival, yep. we're talking about renewal, and we're talking about, like, that that's a sense that something was there, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of waned. And, had you know, yeah. and I know that there's a lot, we're preaching to the choir a lot, you know, we got a lot of, yeah. a lot of folks listening, good, faithful uh, Catholic mm-hmm. people uh, and non-Catholics listening to us yeah. right now. And honestly, but there's, I think that deep down inside, there's some people that are wondering, like, is this really real? Is this really the thing? Is this? Mm. I mean, I, you know, I just maybe they're in kind of a a, a, a period of stasis in their faith, yeah. where they've reached a plateau, and maybe that yeah. plateau's not really high, mm-hmm. right? So, how is a renewal? I mean, how 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 are those like people? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it gives them the opportunity because it it sort of one thing it does is it shakes up the normal. And in the sense of it gives you an opportunity that's outside. So I'm going to mass every week. I'm kind of the presuming, right? You're talking about the kind of person who's... Yeah, they're checking the boxes. They're checking they the boxes. It. They're really, yeah. quote unquote, good Catholics because they do these things yeah. in regularity. Absolutely. You know, and, and there's a sincere amount of faith that's already active and is really there in their life. But there's the um, fire. The fire, yeah. And here's the thing is, and this is the thing that like the bishops know, and I'm so grateful Bishop Cousins, who's leading the charge on this, knows we don't make fire. The mm. only thing we can do is provide the kindling so when the Father sends the fire, there's something to burn. 
And so what can we do? We can bring people before Jesus and we can provide these opportunities that are outside of the norm, like a a mission or a particular event. But beyond that, I would say it's meant to be grassroots. What does that mean? It means, hey, maybe there's somebody that doesn't know about Eucharistic adoration. Or maybe there's somebody who hasn't been in a while and you yourself are practicing your faith, listening to the show right now. Like, go out and invite somebody. The reason that young man walked into that church tonight at the mission and came back to faith after 20 years. He was invited. He was invited. (laughs) And so, you know, if you've got a fire, like, you know, I don't know, and you've ever been on a cold night, but I can remember once, you know, it was like broke down on the side of the road, you know, and it's like a cold night. We built a fire. We're waiting for somebody to come. And um, this is a back road in Georgia where I'm from. But, uh, you know, the people that are there, they're, you know, out in the cold. It's like, you know, come by the fire. Just a simple invitation. And if they see us all looking, and that's the thing, is like our eyes are on Jesus, his true presence in the Eucharist, our hearts are lifted in prayer. Like they're going to want to come and see, like, what's everybody staring at there? Like, and then when they come close, please, God, we pray. And this is a big part of the revival. We need to pray. You know, the, the Spirit didn't come down on Pentecost immediately after Jesus ascended into heaven. The Spirit came down because they fasted and they were praying with Our Lady in that upper room, waiting with hearts that were hungry. And so I'd say to anybody, is like, if you're not hungry, ask for hunger. Ask for Eucharistic hunger. If you feel like you're kind of content with where you're at, ask for the Holy Spirit to provoke you with a holy discontent with the status quo that your life might be right now. Because God has more. And that more is waiting for us in his son Jesus. And his son Jesus is waiting for us in the Eucharist. You know, people talk all the time about things like, uh, get scared by demonic possession and all these things, mm-hmm. right? But it's important to understand that, like, God won't possess you. Hmm. I mean, he, he, he will be there. Yeah. But he, he acts on invitation. Yeah. Right. We, oh, yeah. We, it's it's got to be a, a it's got to be a free gift of love. Yeah. We have to. It's a and it's a gift that's given, but we have to Amen. receive it. Amen. And that's the thing that a lot, I think a lot of people are just waiting for. Like, well, the Lord's going to do this. This is going to happen, and but they didn't ask. Yeah. And and I was you hear ask all the time. And you shall yeah, receive. That's right. Exactly right. <laughs> and then couple that with be careful what you ask for. Yeah. If you're asking for a revolution in your heart, yeah. you're going to get one. Yeah. But, uh, because the Holy Spirit does amazing things and I've mm-hmm. I've witnessed so many things like look, teaching RCIA mm-hmm. uh, and things like that and you you have experienced so many things especially just recently with all this yeah. Eucharistic revival cuz the Eucharist, the Lord Jesus does revive. Amen. Right. That's. I mean. That's the. That's the resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> and it happens every single time. Yeah. Like and death every... does not, doesn't keep him down. So Amen. even if you're spiritually dead, yeah, look for that revival. But you've got to ask for it. Yeah. And the one thing that's important, I think, Deacon Jeff, is this, and we going back around to what you said earlier about faith. The people who received healing, the people whose lives were transformed because of the encounter with Jesus Christ were people who touched him with faith, who spoke to him with faith, who came to him with believing hearts. Mm. And it's a gift, and we need to ask for it. St. Francis said something really beautiful. He said that it's only the Holy Spirit that enables us to discern and recognize the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist in the same way that it was only the Spirit that enabled the disciples to recognize the divinity that was hidden in the humanity of Jesus when he walked on earth. Wow. And so we need to ask for that. Lord, like... Give us that gift of the Spirit 
give us deeper faith. I want more. I pray for it all the time. I've been praying for years. Like, I mean, and I just, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to stop praying for it. I've been asking the Lord for the grace of a new conversion. So the person that's struggling right now, I I know that there's someone listening who right now who's just, they're just, they're just like empathetic. They're just, they're not, or they're just apathetic rather. They're just, they're not really feeling the motivation. I mean, what, what, what do you, what do you ask them to do? I think you said pray. Yeah. I would you mentioned ask, adoration. I mentioned adoration. I would say pray. I would say, give him permission. That's all I would say. Mm. That's it. Just say a simple prayer. Jesus, I give you permission to save me if it's a first time. Jesus, I give you permission to save me again if you've already had an experience in your life of that grace of Christ. And that's it. He hears that cry. And he comes because he's faithful. You know, the greatest gift of salvation, really, the gift of Jesus to us, yeah. came because Mary said yes. Her Absolutely. Fiat, right? So just saying yes, I give yeah. you permission. I open myself up. I, yeah. I reveal myself. I'm vulnerable. Even if you have a, a struggle with being mm-hmm. vulnerable and open to others, yeah, you can sit there in the Adoration Chapel and mm-hmm. you can be vulnerable to Jesus. The, Amen. Right? And you can just reveal yourself to the creator of the universe and say, like, okay, here I am. Do your thing because I'm, I'm, I'm willing yeah. Because this other stuff isn't working. Yeah, I give you permission. Yeah. And I think that, you know, part of that is is that it also always, that encounter with Jesus is always going to lead me into that communion we were talking about earlier with others. Because the other thing I just say is you cannot do it alone. The Catholic yeah. faith is not a lone ranger faith. And I could be doing it alone even though I'm going to church every Sunday or trying to do it alone. We've got to be in relationship with others who are also on that journey with him. And the Eucharist is what is the center of that relationship for those of us. Who you know, I, I, every time I think about that and people going to church and I, mm-hmm. I just remember as one of my as a calling as, as a deacon, yeah. one of my chores, one of my wonderful gifts that I get to offer people at the end of mass is I dismiss them. Yeah. <laughs> And and that always starts with go, yeah, right. So we don't need more pew warmers and mm-hmm. box checkers. We need people that take whatever they what they just received, amen. In in in, in hearing the word, yeah. and then receiving the word in, yeah. in Eucharist to go, yeah, and then to share that with others, amen. That's how it works. Spread that fire. Yeah. I mean, we are living in a time where the world is just like convulsing with spiritual death, and and they they need life, and we have it. Yeah. We got to get out there and share that life. That is so beautiful. Father Maliki, thank you so much for sharing uh, your insights into the National Eucharistic Revival. Just Eucharistic Revival, how important that is to us. And we're going to ask the the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, Mm. to be on this mission with us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for us us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.